Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I am joined by comedian impressionist Mr. S.J. Tenenbaum. How's it going, S.J.? Michael, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for being a guest. How are things where you're at? Things are pretty low-key. You know, I'm a, I'm a college student in the summertime, so I'm at home chilling, taking a course online, and, you know, trying to, trying to make moves for my career. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, do you get to perform much while you're taking that online class? Um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually, funny you mentioned that, this year in the Funniest Jewish Comedian Contest. Uh, so there's there's three different dates. Last night was actually the first date of the contest. I didn't perform last night, but I will be performing, please God, either uh, next Wednesday, June 12th, or the following Monday, June 17th. So as soon as I figure that out, I'll be letting uh, everybody know. Well, great. Yeah, definitely keep us updated. Uh, let us know how, how it goes. For sure, yeah. So, well, uh, like I had mentioned, you are a co- uh, a comedian impressionist, and I'll have you do some voices here for us here in just a, just a little bit, but I wanted to get to know, where did your fascination for doing uh, impressions come from, and did you make fun of your family when you were younger? Is that how you kind of got started in, in all this? <laughs> What's that? You said did I make fun of my family? Yeah, did you uh, start to make fun of your family, like doing voices uh, with with them uh, when you were much younger? That's so interesting you ask that. Um, with with my family, I a lot of us make fun of my dad sometimes because uh, he, he's a very unique personality. I'll be speaking to him a lot actually in my upcoming shows. Um, but the voice I do for my dad is not really uh, so much of an accurate impression. It's more of like a caricature kind of like an SNL exaggerated uh, dad <laughs> stereotype, if you will. Um, so that's what I do for my dad. But uh, growing up, the way I got into it was um, I was in eighth grade. I was about 13 years old. And um, one day I was, I was imitating one of my teachers in school, my history teacher, and one of my friends overheard. And he came over to me. And he's like, oh, that was, that was crazy. Was that supposed to be like this teacher? And I was like, yeah, why? It sounded like him. And my friend was like, yeah, that was incredible. Do more. So... <laughs> that one day in eighth grade, I got my uh, I got my first impression, and um, over time, you just you know, when you're when you're kind of develop that knack that knack for voices, people always try to give you uh, assignments, if you will, and they say, oh, you got to watch this TV show, you got to watch this celebrity, you got to watch this uh, this movie, all this actor, you'd be able to do this voice perfectly, and so over time, you just accumulate, you know, I try to accumulate as many voices and characters as I can. And uh, thank God now about, what is it, not almost nine years later, um, I have about 82 impressions. Wow. And, including, and that's the, those are the famous ones, like the political figures, athletes, celebrities, TV movie characters, and including non-famous people like my teachers, friends, family. Um, it's about 170. Wow. So uh, whenever you're out on a date, do you uh, pull these out? Uh... To, to show my, your day. My, my friends make fun of me for that one, actually. It's funny you mention that. My friends are always like, uh, and uh, you're your whole day. It's like, it's, it's, I was going to hate you. She's like, I don't know who I'm going out with. If it's Trump, Obama, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, under, I understand the conundrum. You know, it's uh, definitely hard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, what has been your hardest voice and your easiest voice that you've been able to to do? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Um, ironically enough, the hardest voice for me has been Donald Trump. A hundred Trump. 
How come? Um, uh, so why why is he the the hardest one for you? Because so many people do him, and so um, and so everybody thinks that you know, oh, Trump's easy to. Yeah. He like really goes into making it great, and so like since it's so saturated and so many people do it, it's hard to really like stand out. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, what has been your your easiest one that you've been able to do? Hello, can you hear me? Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin. Okay. Yes. Very easy. It's just a fun way to entertain your friends, and not so hard to do. <laughs> so, um, so when you start to uh, find new voices, what are some of the first things that you try to do? I mean, uh, do you try to go for their mannerisms first off? Yeah. So there's actually, uh, I actually, there's actually three things I look out for when I try to learn an impression. They are uh, the voice obviously how the person sounds when they speak. Um, I try to look at the mannerisms, what they're doing with their facial expressions, what they do with their body, maybe, maybe they do something with their hands or their arms, like Obama and, and, and President Trump currently. Um, and the last thing is definitely the content, you know, what they speak about, how they feel about certain topics, what they say. And I try to just combine that together and put my own, put my own personal uh, twist on it because you know, I'm a comedian. I'm not an actor, so right. I have to. Uh, I have to make it. So there's something that I wanted to ask President Obama here. Sure. But Mr. President, now that you're out of office, what, how how are you spending your free time these days? Well, uh, you know, it, I, I've definitely been have more free time. Uh, you know, <laughs> Sasha and Malia, they're, they're at Harvard. <laughs> and the bill, the bills they add up. You know, they don't, uh, they don't pay themselves. Uh, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Michelle. We've we've gone to beaches and islands around the world. Uh, but I'll tell you the truth. It's it's people to you. They say, hey, uh, I don't appreciate. <laughs> uh, and you know what? You know what? I'll be quite honest. It hurts my feelings sometimes when people. Uh, <laughs> You know, they criticize you and step into my sh if you like it. So um, when you became president first off, did uh, did any other presidents give you advice on, on how to run the country? That's a great question. I appreciate your asking. Uh, well, I spoke to President Bush for, uh, for a short period of time. Uh, we, uh, we had coffee. Uh, we, we went bowling. We went to Six Flags for a day. Uh, I, we're actually friends on Snapchat. It's very interesting. We, we have we have a yellow star, uh, which which means that we speak, <laughs> which means that we speak quite often. Um, but he basically he said he said this, and then uh, should should I should I tell you exactly what he said and how he said it? Go for it. He said the following. He said, "Uh, what's going on, Michael? Good to hear. Calling in from uh, from Texas. Um, yeah, you know Barry's uh." <laughs> There's a friend of mine. We go back way back to the days. Uh, we, we went to president's camp together. When we were youngsters, um, Boy Scouts. <laughs> um, I told him. I told him basically this. This is what I said. Listen, Barack, if you're gonna be president, there's a lot of people that are gonna, you know, there's a lot of people that are gonna hate you. 
and there's a lot of people that are going to love you, but there's one, there's one quote that I like to see right now, and I hope it leaves a lasting impression. That's the following. It's uh, you, you have to give me a second. I'm not so good with um, with uh, words. Yeah. Um, but if, if you if you believe in yourself, and you are on your own team, then you um, you can be the the manager of, of your uh, of your. <laughs> That's that's good. That's good. So um, and you and uh, so, so you still speak to President Bush to this day, and you guys are still good friends. Oh, is this a question for me? Yes, sir. Uh, we're we're pretty good friends. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. We're we're in very different places now. Uh, I believe he he's a season tickets to the Rangers. Uh, personally, I'm a White Sox fan. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, uh, <laughs> Uh, we don't have much to do, uh, but occasionally um, we, we like to play Fortnite together. We like to uh, challenge each other on our headsets. Um, <laughs> he, he's very competitive, just like he was in office. Well, thank you, Mr. President, for your service to our, to our country. So uh, I hear that you also do uh, Peter Griffin. Um, can you tell us about maybe how Peter might have, uh, how Peter might run the country if he were president himself? Well, yeah, I'll tell you the truth. It's Peter Griffin here. It's a pleasure to be here on the, uh, Great Scott Podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell you something, Michael. I'll tell you something that bothers me so deeply is, uh, well, um, there's, there's a lot of people in this country that, uh, that, uh, you know, they're, they're good, they're good, lovely, classic, honest Americans. And there's a problem and it, it, it's really, uh, really a global issue, if you will. Um, but pe there, there are people who have the audacity out there to say that Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback of all time. So if, if I were president one day of this beautiful country, as you see it, I would actually throw them in jail and possibly even export them. And uh, there there you go. we would show them. We would show them the error of their ways, my good man. I would vote for you, Mr. Griffin. Well, you know what? I, I might actually take your, your vote because I appreciate that. And my wife, Lois, actually ran for school president or, or maybe perhaps community office. I'm not sure. I don't really pay attention to that stuff. But um, with, there's a long line of politics in the Griffin, uh, the Griffin family tree. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about your family history, the politics side of it? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Of course. Yeah, great. Um, well, um, hmm, let me just... My my wife Lois tells me I'm going to exercise. So I'm just I'm just trying to jog my memory here. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Let's see. Well, Stewie was actually the president of his daycare, so that was that was lovely. Um, his first his first rule in office was uh, mandating that every child wear two layers of diapers, so that saved the uh, the teachers. Chris was was president. Um, well, we like to tell Chris that he was president of the womb when he was uh, in my wife's, uh, you know, belly. Because, uh, <laughs> he's, Chris is a, he's a unique individual, if you know what I'm saying, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we, we, we let him uh, feel, feel special in his own way. Absolutely. That's, that's important to do with children, make them feel special in their own way. Yeah, sure. Stewie, Stewie doesn't talk much, so we're not sure. He's a baby, you know, so yeah. we're, we're not really sure what he's up to. But, uh, and he'll show me something someday. Can I speak to Stewie for a second? Hello, Stewie Griffin. Hi, how are you? Hi, Stewie. How are you? Yes, I'm doing very well. We're actually putting together a bomb. We're about to uh, 
uh, test it near the nearest Atlantic Ocean, my, my good sir. So uh, take cover, if you will. <laughs> you are actually my favorite character in, in The Family Guy. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Thank you. So that is, that is so nice to hear. Baby, perhaps I, I will spare your life. I mean, for being one, one year old, you are the smartest, it seems, in the whole entire family. Well, you know... <laughs> A lot has happened to that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you are such a special child. I mean, coming up with all, all the inventions and ideas that you have for being one. Well, I, I say I posed you a question. If a person spends a year at Harvard, uh, they're going to be more smart, I believe, than someone who spends four years in community college. Isn't that right? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I would that I consider myself my own Harvard. <laughs> So uh, you also do uh, comedians as well. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Stewie, but um, trying to get get through people here. So I know that uh, you also do comedians. No, it's fine, it's fine. It'll only cost you a life. It's no big deal. <laughs> so uh, you do Robin Williams. Oh my God, yes. Oh, I love doing Robin Williams, but uh, it's a little bit awkward now, isn't it? Because well, you know. Robin, I mean, Robin was also on Family Guy. He had that great Family Guy episode as well. Dude, I know. Oh, <laughs> Robin, you were you were the biggest star of, of your time. We all miss you. What? What? Oh well, I don't. Uh, I don't like to brag, but I suppose I was. Uh, I was pretty good. Yes, it was a little bit. Uh, no, what am I saying? I was. I was huge. They loved me everywhere. They loved you, you know? everywhere. Absolutely, all over the world. Yes, yes. There's not, very there's not very many entertainers like you. So can I ask you, what, what has been your secret to having all your fans love you as much as they do all, all these years? Well, that's a good question. Uh, secret is uh, playing women in movies. Mrs. Doubtfire got me started. And, you know, I just ran with it from there. Ran with <laughs> Well, you, you managed to, to capitalize on the success, and I, I applaud you for it. Well, yes, I was, I was quite a wealthy individual. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so you also do Eddie Murphy? Oh yes, I like to do Eddie Murphy quite well. What would you like to ask me, my young fella? <laughs> Eddie, we haven't we haven't seen you in anything for a while. What what happened? Well, you know how it is. I'll be pretty busy writing my own material and trying to come out with my next Netflix special. By the way, if I'm speaking too quickly, please let me know when I'll slow it down, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that Netflix special. Well, you know, uh, the first Netflix special I came out with was when I was 22 years old. Uh, I, I can't remember at the time what uh, what it's called because, uh, well, I'm not actually Eddie Murphy. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That, you, you should know that Netflix special was actually rated one of the best specials in Netflix history. <laughs> hey, Shrek! I, I, get little, <laughs> I get a little distracted sometimes when I'm uh, between roles. <laughs> and you were also one of the youngest people on Saturday Night Live as well. Oh, yeah, don't you forget it. At 19, uh, how how was it that you're able to handle the fame at such a young age? Hmm. Probably uh, can I say on this radio show? Gotta, Absolutely. My, my, my PR people tell me I gotta I gotta filter myself a little bit, so I'm not, I'm not really sure if I can give all the secrets away. But uh, a lot of help, a lot of help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you also and you also have a big family yourself. You have like 13 kids, I think. I'm not really sure, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. All right. If you say so, you know what I'm saying? If you say so. <laughs> so uh another person that you do is Bill Cosby. 
Well, yes, I enjoyed the Bill Cosby. What can I do for you, young sir? You know, Mr. Cosby, I'm I'm sorry about what has happened to you. Um, I know that uh, the media maybe has portrayed this out to be bigger than what it is, maybe. I don't know. I, I would love to get your opinion on it, but uh, how are things going for you? It's just terrible. I'm in the jail cells with the people, and the, and they bring me dinners, but the dinners are undercooked. And so I put my fork inside the beans and the beans inside the dinners and some of the food is with the drinks and then everything's nasty. <laughs> Do they give you pudding pops in there at all? Do they give me pudding pops? Yeah. After what I did, I'm not getting anything popped, all right? So, uh, <laughs> That's true. There's no pudding pops for me, young bully. Has your family come visit you at all or any of your uh, TV kids at all? You talk about Claire Huxtable? Claire Huxtable, and yes, absolutely. Well, I don't. I, she, I think she came one day to visit me in the in the with the cell with the bars and the the people, and, and she came to visit. And they were like, uh, "We we can't allow her to have any visitors," so she uh, she had to go. Oh well. How about any of the kids? Uh, has Malcolm, Jamal, Warner, Theo come to visit you at all? Hmm. Ooh. That awkward moment when you were born in 1997 and it's before your time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, Mr. so, Mr. Cosby, uh, you were one person that people wanted me to, to talk to when I told them that, I, that you were going to be on, on my show. Uh, you were the most requested one. Is that so? So, you, you, so you're still popular amongst people. Well, I'd appreciate that, but I'd, I'd be curious to see which types of people. What is it? Serial killers? Rapists? Murder? What, what's, the, what's, the what, what's, my, what's my target audience going to be with, with, with the young people? <laughs> well, yeah, young, younger people who still absolutely watch your specials. And uh, yeah, so some, <laughs> some, some jailbirds. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I have no idea what that is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's the uh, thing. Like, wait, just to transition out for a second, I'll tell you something. Yeah. It's like the worst thing about being an impressionist and being like young is, is people assume that you know the careers of the characters you do perfectly, which is very fair, very legitimate. And people will be like, um, about like, you know, people ask me all the time about Bill Clinton's policies and stuff. Oh, yeah. And like, I have but no clue what's, I don't like politics, I care for it so much. But you got to like researching politics is like the only part of being a comedian impressionist that feels like work because oh, yeah, yeah. people care about the issues. You know, they care about what's going on in current events and they want to know what your impression of a president talking about the global issues sounds like. Oh, I'll, yeah. tell, you, when I do Bill, I'll tell you some people ask him to do Bill a lot and he kills it. He kills it every time. <laughs> Comes out perfectly. You know, Mr. Mr. President, Bill Clinton, uh, I was speaking to another Bill before you uh, before you came on. I was speaking to Bill Cosby. It's actually funny you mentioned that we happen to be at the same uh, the same AA together. <laughs> well, not not exactly alcohol, but you get the meat. You get the yeah, meat. right, right, right. I, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I got you. I got you. So uh, uh, we're on the same page. I don't know what else I can say. Uh, Hillary's Hillary's here with me, actually, but. Sheesh, I wasn't supposed to say that, so let's, let's just continue. All right. All right. So, uh, so ne next one that, that I saw is that you do SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, how are you, Michael? Hi, SpongeBob. How are you? 
I'm doing very well, but I can't speak for so long because there's no water. <laughs> That's true. What's it like to live underwater? Well, you never you never get thirsty, that's for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. So uh, does Patrick and all your other friends keep you company? Well, yes, but sometimes Patrick can be kind of annoying if you, you know, watch the show sometimes. He actually said something, which was very stupid. Uh, if you ask Patrick, let's roll clip. Yes, yeah. Can I say hi to Patrick there? Hello? Is, is the rectangle talking to me? <laughs> hi, Patrick. Hello? What do you want? Who are you? Uh, well, I'm just someone who wanted to say hello to you. Is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> Is mayonnaise an instrument? Uh, I think they're they're working on it. I think. SpongeBob. So we're <laughs> we're making progress there. Bob is still talking to me. <laughs> Is SpongeBob a a good friend of yours? Well. I don't know. Hello. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like a star, and sometimes I feel like I live under a rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you get those days. Yeah. So what? Uh, so do you ever uh, plan on maybe moving to land eventually at all? Well, the last person asked me that actually, our uh, bikini bottom killed him. So I don't know if you want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mark up that tree. <laughs> it's a very exclusive uh, neighborhood down here. Right, right, right. Well, SpongeBob is trying to get his license. Uh, I've I've seen that, and uh, we do wish him the best of luck there. Oh yeah, it's exactly true. I'm very serious about getting my license, and the best part of it is that I can be my own airbag. That you? <laughs> yes, yes. You can be your own airbag. You. It seems like that you've thought ahead about that. My sponginess is very absorbent. <laughs> that's good. That's good, SpongeBob. That's good. Uh, so let's so, so let's talk to Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes, it's Carlton here. How is your lovely afternoon going, my good Michael? Hi, Carlton. Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you for the memory that you've given me growing up. I was a huge Fresh Prince fan. Did you like my dance? I loved your dance. I did. Yes, I, I saw you perform it, uh, I think, a couple of times ever since. Oh, did you now? Yes, yes. It has not well, let loose. I mean, listen, Michael, we've been friends for a while. If you could just tell that to Will, that would be great. Because he does not think that it's impressive that I was captain, <laughs> founding president as well, of the Princeton Dance Society. Absolutely, absolutely. I will make sure to tell Will that. Yes, that would be lovely. So what are you so so what are you up to these days, Carlton? Are you uh, are you still doing some acting? When the gigs come around, yeah. I tr I mainly try to focus on my studies. You know, I am a graduate of Princeton, as you well know. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm more of a in the academia world. But uh, once in a while, I'll do one of these game show hosts if they want me to do it. You know, Alonzo Mornings. Uh, I'm kind of a big man. You know. Do, do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we'll see you do the dance on there eventually. Oh, yeah, sure. If it doesn't hit a billion views first. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another one that you do is uh, Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Greetings, friend. How is your lovely between afternoon but yet not evening Tuesday going, sir? 
Sheldon, I'm sorry that the show is now not in production anymore. What are you going to do? Well, I actually see it as a blessing that the show is no longer in production because now I can work more on my thesis and I can prove to everybody else just exactly why I'm the greatest astrophysicist in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Are you familiar with my work? Am I familiar with your work? Yes. Yes, yes I am. <gasps> That's so cool. And it seems like you've done extensive research on being one of the best at what you do. Well, certainly, of course. I care very much about science and being great and leaving my mark on this world, which I believe I have if you've watched the show. Absolutely. Uh, how, how do you feel about Leonard? Well, I love Leonard. He's a good friend of mine. Is there something that's a, a spoiler, perhaps, that we shouldn't tell our listeners? Well, I will leave that one up to you. I'll, I'll let you say whatever you want to. Leonard's a great friend of mine, and, well, you know, had a long nine seasons together, you know. At a certain point, well, I guess we'll just have to watch the last season. Bazinga, <laughs> no spoilers on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, like I said, I'm sorry to see it go, and we all loved it. And it, uh, hopefully it will continue to be a cult classic uh, that people will still continue to watch through, through the generations. Well, thank you, Michael. Those are kind words, and I appreciate them greatly. So uh, I cannot wait to see what, what your next work is, is going to be. Oh, don't you worry. I'm played by Jim Parsons. I'll be very much employed. <laughs> Zingo. <laughs> that, that's definitely true, yes. I don't think work will be a problem or an issue for you. I think you're right there. No, not, a, not according to my latest calculations, they shouldn't be. <laughs> so um, so you, you, you do all these impressions and stuff, and uh, there's also another thing that you do, and I just want to mention it. You, you also are a rapper. Oh, yeah. Am I going back to my regular voice now? Or oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes you got to double check with permission, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I got you there. So, <laughs> so I, I will say, I mean, you are, you're, you're very good at, at what you do. I mean, it really felt like as if I was really talking to those people. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's the goal. Yeah. Absolutely. Make people laugh, make people happy. <laughs> so, so, yes. Um, so, yeah, like I mentioned, you are also a rapper, and I wanted to, to mention that. Um, do you also do rap at your shows as well? Um, I don't actually. The rap is actually separate from the comedy. Um, I, I try when I freestyle to add humor into it, kind of like a Lil Dicky kind of style. Lil Dicky is definitely one of my bigger influences, both in comedy and music. Um, but yeah, no, the rap is very much different than it's not. It's not together when I do stand up. Okay, so um, is it hard to incorporate comedy in, into the rap? Is that uh, something that that's kind of hard hard to do? Not not to reiterate, sorry. <laughs> um, not not so much. I mean, like, um, thank God I've been I've been freestyling for a long time, and so you pick up the tools you need to come up with clever jokes and lines and words. Right. Thought. So it really comes with time and practice and just how comfortable you feel. Now, did you do rapping before the comedy? Yes, I actually did. I I started freestyle rapping when I was in fourth grade, when I was about ten years old. Um. So that I've been doing for about, do some quick math here, about 12 years. And um, yeah, in comedy since eighth grade and I was 13. So now that's at about uh, eight, almost nine years. Wow. You are, you're definitely very talented at, at what you do and very good. 
I really appreciate that. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. So um, I hope that you uh, are able to make it out to the West Coast to to a show. I'm I'm definitely there if you ever make it out here. The West Coast. I thought you're in uh, you're in Florida or Missouri, right? No, actually, uh, Palm Springs, California. Oh, Palm Springs, California. I thought you meant Palm Springs, Florida. Oh no, 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 no. That's okay. People people confuse it all the time. That's okay. I'm sorry. No, if I ever make it out to the West Coast in Palm Springs, California, you'll be receiving an email. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, just uh, send it in the form of uh, Peter Griffin, if you will. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I actually, I was confused as to why people couldn't hear, hear my voice through the email, but I suppose, uh, I suppose emails are more textual. I'm not really sure. Now, do you text at all, Mr. Griffin? Um, I use the Snapchat sometimes, uh, occasionally. Um, I enjoy doing a filter, which makes my face look skinnier. Absolutely. Um, because some people think I'm fat. Some people like to say that I'm overweight, and I don't believe that because I believe that your body image is what you identify it to be. You are only as big as you make yourself out to be. Uh, you are very, very skinny. Isn't that the truth, sister? <laughs> so has, I'm sure Lois has kind of told you to maybe lose a few pounds here and there, I'm sure. Well, yes, but, you know, I choose not to listen. Yeah, right. You, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she has stuck with you throughout all these years anyways, being a, a uh, oversized man, if you want to call it. Um, well, to be completely honest with you, it's not really her choice. You see, she's a character on a TV show, so that's more up to the writers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so Peter, since I'm still talking to Mr. Griffin, uh, what do you uh, like to do in your free time? Um, outside of the show. Do you have any hobbies at all? Well, um, I enjoy playing golf. I like to drink beer. Sometimes I like to color pictures specifically outside the lines so as to, you know, be that <laughs> rebel against society. Um, I enjoy I enjoy watching people on YouTube play Fortnite, even though I don't really understand what's going on, because I like the banter and the back and forth smack talk, if you will. <laughs> it's kind of funny to hear sometimes. Mr. Griffin, I think that you could have a stand-up career outside of the family because you're very entertaining. Well, you have to talk to TBS and Seth MacFarlane, but I appreciate that. Those are kind words. Thank you. <laughs> I hope that they give you your own show maybe somewhere down the way that, like they did with Cleveland. Well, I say it, it, it's a pleasure to be here. I'll take, I'll take over after that one. What's going on, world? It's Cleveland. <laughs> Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, it's a pleasure, sir. The pleasure is completely and totally mine, Mr. Michael. Have you overheard Mr. Griffin uh, talking to me a little bit? I, I have indeed heard Peter's shenanigans and banter continuing for the past 35 what minutes. And I got to say, some of what he said is just crazy and ridiculous. And you should not listen to any of it or take any of it seriously in any way whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I get I get what you mean. Are you guys at the clam now? Are you guys drinking drinking beer together now? No, don't say, don't tell. I, I'm gonna, uh, sorry, uh, we're not available. Call's breaking up. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Mr. Brown. I mean, um, I, I I do love your show as well. Well, I appreciate that. Those those are kind words. Absolutely. So uh, I try to, I try to stay humble, but you know the show gets such great ratings. Sometimes all the all the publicity goes to my head. <laughs> now, do you feel in a way that maybe you're doing a little bit better than Family Guy, the show which you came from? Well, you can never forget your roots now, can you, young buck? 
No, I got it, man. I'm doing pretty damn fine now, Oh, that's, yeah, you're doing fantastic, Mr. Brown. It seems like the ratings are coming in and, and fans are loving it just as much. Well, I certainly hope so. That's why I chose to go into this field of entertainment and sitcoms. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so are you going to continue to, like, drink from time to time and still see Joe and Quagmire and Peter, even though you have your own show now? Well, yeah, sure. Joe's actually here with me. Joe, get over here. The man on the box wants to speak with you. Hi, Joe. What's going on? How are you? Hey, there you go. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, sir. It's great to be here on your show, and uh, we just got to make it quick, because Bonnie and I are supposed to go out on a date, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the interview? yeah we got to get the interview going, just so that uh, I can roll with my wife. <laughs> Bonnie! <laughs> so, you're you're a very busy man, I'm sure, between the family and being a police officer. Yeah, there's... uh. Sometimes there's sacrifices you have to make if you're uh, protecting the people of your community. So, uh, and you've and you've done quite well for being a cripple, being a police officer. You, you've done quite well for yourself. Yeah, well, sometimes uh, when I told my friends at the clam I was going into the force, a lot of them were just like, Joe, you can't do that. And I was like, no, I'm going to serve my country and my city. God bless you, like sir. Well, he has. He has quite much. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for your service to the to the city. I mean, we we really appreciate this. Yeah, if I can if I can just climb in for a second. This is this is Bonnie, Joe's wife, and he's so happy to be here on your show, Mister. So thank you. Oh, hi, Bonnie. Yes, I will have uh, Joe uh, with you here in just one moment. Bonnie, this is my time to shine. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, my wife interrupted. She doesn't realize that. Uh, when the true stars are on the air. Yeah, absolutely. I know women can be that way, can't they? You know how uh, layman can be, or in this case, uh, laywoman, I suppose. Well, I do want to take you on that date. Uh, uh, I know how, how impatient women can be. Uh, I have a girlfriend myself, so. My condolences. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you see, Lois, Joe can make that joke, but if I make that joke, you kick me out of the house. What the hell? Double standard much, maybe, perhaps? Yeah, I know. I know. I, I get I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something right now, Michael. Uh, uh, these young people, they they think that they have the problems with the ladies and they don't know. Uh, they don't know half of what it means to have the problems. Isn't that right? No, <laughs> I say that's certainly that's certainly 110 percent correct. They have no idea. They have no idea what it's like to be. Oh, they have no clue. I think that you guys should probably write a book together, uh, Bill Cosby and Bill Clinton, on 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 women. I think people would. I think that'd be a bestseller. Yeah, you think that could be lucrative? I I think so. Yeah. Bill, what do you think about that? Well, I don't. I, I'm not really sure w um, with which publishing house would would want to put us on the front cover. You know, I, do, I don't look. I don't look the same that I did when I was on the television program. You understand this now? <laughs> I know, I know, but I mean, just for the name, just for the name recognition, I think that people would would buy it. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've aged a bit. I don't think so either, sir. I use a lot of a lot of facial moisturizers, a lot of two different layers of the creams, and I moisturize three to five times daily. Oh, that that's yeah. I was wondering what your secret was. A lot of exercise and a 
a lot of a lot of things that my my team is currently shaking their head furiously to not say. So we'll keep that between me and them. Now, are, are you strict with your diet as well? I guess I guess you are. What's that now? Are you <laughs> are you pretty strict with your diet as well? Oh yeah, definitely. You got to be if you're the president. You're a Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. One, now one thing I've wondered uh, with being president: Do you have someone taste the food for you before you even start to eat it? Make sure there's nothing like poisonous in it at all. Well, personally, I, I prefer to taste everything myself. Well, that's that's ad that's admirable, sir. Yeah. Why should someone take the blame for when it's the president's job and duty? <laughs> you know what I you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the office does come with certain responsibilities. I think I think Ben Parker said it best in Spider Man when he said, "With great power comes great responsibilities." Absolutely. Well, I think myself as Spider Man sometimes. If every president's a superhero, I think I'm Tom Holland. So, so let me ask you this, Mr. President, and I'll I'll, I'll end on this one. Um, so people have made fun of you through the years and imitated your voice and all that. Uh, what what do you think of all that? And uh, is there one specific person who you think uh, has imitated you the best? Well, I got to say, imitation is the highest form of flattery. You got to know that. Yes. As well as uh, you know, if people imitate you. That just means that you got something in your voice that's different, unique, and people memorize you. And you know. I always want to be remembered. Sometimes it didn't work out so well as you might be aware of. Right. But, um, you know, to be remembered as someone that is able to make laughter for families for years and various SNL shows and whatnot, it's a pleasure to be giving my voice to the public. And to answer your other question about who does my voice, well, I think Kevin Spacey does a fantastic representation of my vocals. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, so are you still friends with Mr. Spacey? I mean, do you guys, does he like imitate you still when, uh, if he sees you at all? Well, when he pays me the royalties, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just give your voice out for free now, can you? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's definitely true. I, I did not think about that. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's, smart, that's just smart business now. That's just smart business uh, mentality. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did not think of that. So, uh, Mr. Well, Pro oh, I, gotta, I have one ad. Frank Caliendo as well does a spot-on perfect impression of my voice and if you go on youtube and you search frank caliento bill frank caliento bill clinton library it is a time to be had <laughs> have you been to mr caliento's show i have not i have not i've been there in voice but not in presence in voice not in presence. all right all right well my physical nature has not been physically inside of the theater but i you you'd listen to him you'd swear you'd swear i was right there at the front <laughs> yes absolutely i'm sure that's uh that that's quite an honor i'm sure uh that someone who does you so well that it feels like that you're almost there yourself yeah well you know so mr president i i, I would love to speak to sj again if you can put him on the phone what you, you're tired of me you're tired of me already i'm not good enough for you <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, let's say something personal. Like you, he loves you, but like it's my interview, so I don't mean to be like a diva. But like, all right, he's he's, he's leaving now, but he, he's a little offended. But uh, we'll we'll get past this. Right. What's up, Mike? He is married to Hillary, so I mean, offense I'm sure is always had by <laughs> by him to a certain degree. I'm yeah. Sure. No, that's 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 definitely a situation over there. Um, that's, that's a situation <laughs> and a half, my friend. It's a situation and a half. So, uh, um, 
So what are uh, some voices that you're uh, trying to currently work on? Um, are there, is there any other voices that you're trying to currently work on? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I want to get a lot more into doing celebrities because a large majority of my voices come from TV and movie characters. Um, and, you know, I do a lot of comedians and political figures, but I definitely need to get more actual celebrities that people know because celebrities are arguably the people that everyone hears the most. And so therefore those are the people that everyone wants to hear imitated the most. Right. So, um, the celebrities that I have for sure that I do as part of my uh, resume, I got Seth Rogen, Tom Ford, and um, Patrick Warburton, who voices uh, Joe. Absolutely. But I'm trying to get, I'm working on Robert Downey Jr. I'm, I'm working on Matthew McConaughey. I'm working on um, Owen Wilson, you know, the classics. I'm working on um, right. Christopher Walken. Um, I got lists. People are always giving me suggestions of who I should learn, and that just helps me, so... Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So there's currently a list right now. Uh, well, I, I know besides the one that you sent, but is there another list uh, that of people that you uh, are trying to work on yourself? Yeah, sure, sure. There definitely is. That's that's like 15 or 20 people into it. And I'm always adding to it. A lot of people. Um, Jay Farrow's a big guy that I, that oh, I like yeah. to look to for ideas. He's for sure one of my favorite comedian impressionists as well. Um, and he does he does celebrities incredibly incredibly well. He does. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, he does Jason Statham, Michael Caine, he does Eddie Murphy, his Obama is impeccable, um, he does, you know, Kevin Hart is an incredible impression he does, and his vocal range, his sense of humor, um, he also raps, so I like that about him as well, but he's an extremely, extremely talented person. Absolutely, so let me ask you this, I mean, when learning these voices, would you say that um, it's so this is a gift that you're born with rather than something maybe that you can learn so much. I mean, would you say say that to a certain degree? Um, yeah, I mean, personally with me, I, I never, I never had to really work at it. Like not really, obviously not to sound like, you know, might come out certain sounding kind of arrogant, but I'm right, right. that's just the truth. Um, is that, you know, up until Trump, up until Trump, I, I never had to work at any of them. My my practice was just whenever people asked me to do it, I would do it. And I got asked a lot over the years. So that was my practice. And Trump was the first person that I couldn't do naturally. You know, I watched, I, I had to watch a lot of film on him. Um, I had a lesson with a professional dialect coach. And, uh -huh. um, and uh, they gave me an interesting uh, piece of advice. They said to watch video clips of him without any sound on just to get used to the way that his mouth moves, his hand moves, his body moves, which is more of a mannerisms tip. But the voice is definitely hard. It's easy to do as a caricature and like at your local like office party. But if you want to really get an accurate Trump, it is extremely difficult. So since since we're on, on the subject, uh, I, let, let, let's talk to the current president. Let, let's talk to Trump if I can. It's so good to be here. What's going on? How can I help you? Hi, Mr. President. How are you? I'm doing tremendously well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is actually, I'll tell you the truth now. I've been on a lot of radio shows. I've been on a lot, a lot of shows. Everyone's emailing me. They're like, Donald, we want you on our show. I tell them, listen. I say, listen to me very carefully because I'm not going to repeat myself more than once. I'm going to be with Michael Scott. It's an unbelievable podcast. It's the number one. It's tremendous. It is incredible. It's fantastic. Well, thank that you so much. Me. Thank you so much, Mr. President. I'm I'm glad that uh, I thank you for those kind words, and I'll put that in in the endorsement that you said that, if that's okay. 
That's hundred percent. Fight as long as I get a little bit back. <laughs> you can't be on. You can't be on top unless you're. You can't be on top unless you're taking. You know where you can. It's just. It's just business. That's part of the deal. You can buy that in my book, The Art of the Deal. It's on sale on Amazon, and you can see it all. It's all written there, black and white ink. So that's something else I wanted to ask you. I mean, with your you being president, has your sales of books gone up? My sales have gone up tremendously. It's been a fantastic increase in sales and revenue and profits. It's been a tremendous, it's been exhilarating. I've sold a lot of books. A lot of books have been on sale. A lot of people like them. A lot of people review them on Amazon. But then, you know, you get you get those people here and there who just hate. They love and hate. And I've been hated a lot. I'm a very popular individual. I'm very rich and very wealthy and very successful. But with all that comes a little. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's unfortunately how it is when you're in the public eye. Isn't that right? Yes, but it's so worth it. It's unbelievably worth it. I would do the whole thing again if I could. I really would. So how how do you think our country is going? I think it's going pretty damn well. I mean, did you see my hair? Did you see my hair debut in, in, in London? I did not. I did not catch that, unfortunately. You've got to Google it. you got to look it up. It was fresh. It was what young people want nowadays from Donald. It was slicked back like g Easy. It was unbelievable. It was tremendous. It was fantastic. I think it really might start a war. Unless their leaders quite as hair as I do. Has your hair always been like that, sir? Uh, well, unfortunately, yes. But you know, as long as Bill Hattie is fine with that, I don't really care. <laughs> well, <laughs> so uh, so how are you making preparations for 2020 now? Uh, trying to get reelected? Not really. I'll tell you something, Michael, and you should take you should write this down because it's the best piece of advice you'll ever hear. I will. I have patent pens already. If you are a winner, if you're a successor, if you win in life like I do, you don't prepare. You just do. When I speak, if you've heard me speak, and I've spoken a lot, I've spoken in a lot of countries, I've spoken to a lot of people everywhere all over the world, big corporations and small corporations. I go up there, I speak my two cents. Well, in my case, it's actually three cents because I'm me. But I speak what I say, and people love me. My, pretty, my approval ratings go through the roof. It's fantastic, it's tremendous, and I'm really the greatest president in the history of all time. I think that's fair to say, according to the statistics. I know there's a celebrity, John Boyd, who just said that you're the greatest president ever since Abraham Lincoln. I think I'm actually better than Abraham Lincoln. I mean, he did, listen, he did tremendous work with the slaves. I'm not saying he didn't. I would never take that away from him. But did you see the negotiating that I've been doing with, with, with the TV channels to put uh, the Apprentice show back on television? I was gonna, yeah, that's another thing I was going to ask you. I mean, are you, so if you don't win in 2020, are you going to go back to reality TV? I'll tell you something. It's a great question that you asked me. I, I'm not completely sure. I'll have to speak to my son about Jared Kushner. He gives me a lot of a lot of advice on these questions, so I have to, to consult with him first. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm sure it, I'm sure to some degree, being president, it, it has felt like The Apprentice in there. <sighs> Sometimes it does. I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's a tough job. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone, Michael, I'll tell you something. If you're thinking about running for president, I would strongly reconsider that because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm working on a bill that will actually make me president forever. That's 2020 because this is what the people want. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest about what the people want. Yeah, you have to make America great again, you know. I think we've already done that, to be quite honest with you. I think we've made America so great that they can't even be made greater again, if I'm being completely and totally honest with you, which is what I do. That's why people love me. Well, it, it it sure seems like it. It sure does. And um, 
like you say, it seems the, the polls uh, are, are reflecting the popularity and uh, the favoritism that they have for you. Of course they do. I mean, let's be honest here. I'm not, I'm not much of a religious person, but you, you can't be against God. You can't hate God. Right? Right. And I mean, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you know exactly where I'm at with the statement. <laughs> So, so, uh, so, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, thank you for your service um, to this country. Uh, it's not easy, like you say, but um, like you say, it's no, not for everyone. There's a lot of haters out there who who are jealous of the throne. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of people right now are trying to. They're considering if they should try to take it from you in, in 2020. They can try. They can. They can do all they want, but they don't have the resources. They don't have the networking. They don't have the people. I know a lot of people. I say it a lot because it's true, and I want people to understand it. I know people in Russia. I know people in China. I know people in Australia, Antarctica, and South Africa. I know people. We actually have people over overseas working on a new country called Trumpiopia, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be huge. It's going to be probably located somewhere across from India. I don't, we're working on locations, but it's going to be a tremendous source of wealth and income, and it's going to really make people's lives much greater. I think so. Well, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad to hear that you're always in the process of trying to make people's lives better. That's why we're public service. That's why we do what we do. So, uh, was there ever any consideration? Uh, and I'll, I'll end on this question for you, Mr. President, because I know you're, you're a busy man. But uh, very busy, always making a buck. Very busy. But let, let's get one last question in there for your listeners. So. Uh, how how was it that you went about uh, the VP selection? Was that a pretty tough selection when you tried to come up with a vice president? I'll tell you the truth. It was very tough because I actually tried to make myself vice president, but the Congress, they weren't having any of it. They said, Donald, listen, you can be president, but you can't be president and your own vice president. And I said, that's ridiculous. I'm overqualified. I've made billion-dollar businesses with a billion-dollar businesses, and that's billion with a B, Michael, by the way, but you should know. But they insisted, and so the way I did it was very simple, very obvious, I think very logical. I took several pieces of paper, and I wrote names on them, and I put them into a hat, and I picked my brains. That's how I did it. That's how it happened. Well, God bless you, sir, and uh, again, thank you for your service. I, I, I'll, I'll let you go, and uh, I'll, I'll get back to SJ. Thank you so much for your time. Have a lovely, wonderful, tremendous, luxurious afternoon and day. I will do my best, sir. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. And there, and there he goes. Character. Character. It's, yeah, it definitely seems like it. <laughs> That's so cool, though. You got access to the president. That's pretty dope. I know. You know someone in the office or something? You know what? I Speaking of presidents, I did actually interview Roger Clinton, Bill Clinton's brother. Oh, actually? Yeah. Yeah, I actually did. How'd that go? It went, uh, it went real. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll say this. When I, uh, got to him, he said, uh, look, you can ask me anything you want to. I mean, you can ask me anything you want to. I, I may not, I may choose not to answer it, or I might give you a short answer, but you can answer it or ask it. I mean. And, uh, we talked about his time in the White House, his brother, and what he's up to, and, uh, just a very, very kind, kind man. He, so he cool. He, he's also yeah, a, I don't actually know anything about him. I yeah, obviously everyone only hears about about Bill, but um, he actually uh, I guess with his son does an acting class for about four hours. Uh, I think he said three times a week, so twelve hours every week. He's he's in acting class, so. That's so interesting. He wants to be an actor, or his kid wants to be an actor, I guess. 
Well, well, yeah. So he he pretty much um, he's done Fred Claus. He he was in that film with uh, Vince Vaughn. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. So uh, there's a there's a few scenes with him in it, and um, so so yeah, he he's working on his acting, and then uh, I think he said he also plays a little bit of golf. Um, so he he lives in Pacific Palisades. I don't know if I should have mentioned that, but that's okay. No. They're coming for him now. Yeah, they're coming they're for him. Now. Yeah, I know. I know, Mr. President. I I, I know. I know. That was, that was my mistake. Yeah, the, the Navy SEALs. Everybody's in the outside. It's the artist. Oh, boy. You don't know what you – you do not know what you've just done. I know. I know. I, I, I apologize, Mr. President. Yeah, you better. Oh, you're yeah. going to be sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That was a, that was a Freudian split, Mr. President. Sorry. So, <laughs> so SJ, SJ. Uh, so when is your uh, next show? You said you're you're doing the next uh, the the Jewish comedian show. Yeah. So I'm, I will definitely be just to clarify that in case um, I wasn't clear before. Um, currently, what's going on is the funniest Jewish comedian contest, and that contest takes place over three different nights. Um, uh, it takes place over June third, which was last night. That was the first. The first uh, round, I guess you could say, um, and then June twelfth, which is next Wednesday, is when the next set of performers come and try out, and then Monday, June seventeenth, is when the third set of performers come. And out of each night, out of each night's performers, some of them are picked and voted to advance, and then the finals, I believe, are June twenty fourth. So um, hopefully, you know, I can make it in advance to the finals. But my night in which I'll be performing will be either June 12th or June 17th. I'm not totally sure yet, but um, if you wanna if you wanna be updated, my Snapchat is at Rapping Comedian, and my Instagram is at The Rapping Comedian. So I'll be sure to keep you guys updated on those platforms. Well, we we here at the Great Scott Podcast wish you the absolute best on it, and uh, and hopefully we're talking to a winner. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, just trying to take trying to take steps and, you know, grind it out, hustle and see where it goes. Absolutely. That's the only way to do it. I feel like I just said like the most cliched thing ever. Like, let's just like break for a quick pause. I just give like the most like the classic go-to scripted, like pop-up speech you give like anyone going into entertainment. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you mean there. That's true. But, uh, so you can't like, as cliche as it sounds like it's honestly like very true what people say like you do have to work very hard and you very much have to want it and you got to put a lot of time into it so you know i'm doing as much as i can hopefully it uh, goes well absolutely absolutely i know i mean you're you're extremely talented you have the talent for it so uh so yeah just keep doing your thing and um i can't wait to see you on tv imitating all these people having your own maybe netflix special or stand-up special Oh, dude, if that could happen, that would be fantastic. I would I would be on the same team as you, man. I would want to watch myself. <laughs> we, hey, if you do get a special, will you send me a shout-out, uh, Great Scott Podcast? Of course. Absolutely. All my PR team look into it, my branding people. I actually have, I have a little group chat. Give a shout-out to my uh, best marketing team ever group chat that I made today. Two very good friends of mine, marketing geniuses. So we're, gonna, we're working very hard to help uh, spread comedy impressions, rap, and positivity, laughter, and happiness. Absolutely. I feel like I just interviewed a president that said the exact same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, the president was definitely, uh, you could say he's spreading something, but I don't know if it's uh, what you're referring to. <laughs> okay.
Okay. All right. Fair enough. Good luck, SJ, and uh, God bless you, and uh, good luck with everything. Michael, it was such a fun experience being on your show. Thank you so much for having me. All the best to you. Oh, well, thank you, buddy. Come back anytime. You're more than welcome to come back and uh, give us an, an update on, on how things went. I really appreciate it. I definitely will. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye.